1: W.R.K.S. Pickens-Jackson. Are you ready?
0: Yes!
1: Now live from the Whiskey 61
0: Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports
2: talk show, The Out-of-Bounds Show with Bo Bow. Streaming worldwide live on the Out-of-Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul.
1: Good morning, welcome in. Out of Bounds is brought to you by the 10-ounce filet, side of scallops, and some Long Branch bourbon at Kessler Prime in the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. KesslerPrime.com. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app for you. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. We're streaming live on thezone1059.com. And Farm Bureau Insurance call in line is 601 707 3750. Twitter handle at Bowbounds. And what was Mississippi Ag is now Ag Up Equipment. Text line 601 885 3776. Want to say good morning. Welcome in. We're hitting on a couple of topics today. National Barbecue Day, uh, which is cool. Y'all had some recommendations for some amazing nachos at local eateries in the Jackson Metro area. A couple of them that I'd never heard of, which was pretty awesome. I'd like to hit those in the next month. And also, shout out to uh, two brothers. who has uh, They've got great nachos um, in Starble. Some of you will be heading up Thursday. Uh, for the Thursday, for, well, for, I don't want to say for the massacre, but anyway. Thursday, you may need to go to Two Brothers a lot more than you need to go to Duty Noble this weekend. Uh, but Two Brothers, um, yeah, they've got, look, they've got the pulled pork ta- uh, tacos, pulled pork sandwiches. Um, they do all kinds of barbecue wings. They smoke, the, their wings are legendary. And uh, and they've got a, a wonderful, wonderful nachos, too, at Two Brothers in Uh, the Cotton District in Stark, Vegas, Mississippi. Also, a shout-out to the Braves who have amazing nachos, and we call them the Helmet Nachos. And the Helmet Nachos are awesome. You grew up going to Smith-Wills and getting uh, ice cream in helmets. They always had the Detroit Tigers and Kansas City Royals. I wasn't interested in either. Uh, Even though I was a Lou Whitaker guy, and uh, was it Alan Trammell? And then... You know, the Royals actually won it um in eighty something, but you just didn't you didn't have they didn't have enough teams helmets, but it was still a cool deal to to score. But you could over the course of a summer you could end up with ten Detroit Tigers helmets and ten Kansas City Royal ham uh Royals helmets, um, and shout out to George Brett. Nobody will ever forget the whole tar incident with the bat where he ran out like a crazy man. One of the great blow ups. And, and and was tossed. And Brett Saberhagen. Yeah. Have we had Saberhagen on the show? He shows up for the Steve Azar charity event in Greenville. Not since I've been here. I haven't had Saber. Okay. Not I've since met I've met. Sa- hold on. He's been at Doe's on Thursday. Is it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday night. Azar rents out the whole place for the for the the whole crew but Saber Hagen has been to Azar's a couple of times he you don't remember this but I had all his baseball cards he was unbelievable in the mid-90s I think it was the mid-90s Brett Saber Hagen yeah good player I
3: play MLB the show and so you get to play with all those old players okay it's actually quite fun I love baseball history yeah it's great so I just I told you I watched did you know
1: who George Brett was yeah yeah
3: yeah I mean, not as, like, a four-year-old, but now, uh, yeah. like, over the last ten years, yes. I'm I'm one of those nerds who, like, I enjoy watching the, like, old-school baseball games.
1: Oh, you know what I was thinking about during that time I- in the 80s when I was going to Smith-Wills? Um, the Detroit Tigers and St. Louis Cardinals both had managers that looked like they were 97 years old. Yes. Sparky Anderson with the Detroit Tigers and Whitey Herzog Ooh. with the St. Louis Cardinals both guys look like they were ninety seven years old. Like they smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. Um and drank like terrible, terrible rock gut bourbon. I think most night. of them did. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like you and I watch, I don't know why this happened, but you and I both watched forty two over the weekend. I know, isn't that funny? And uh with Jackie Robinson. And it's a good movie. The book's better. But it's it's a it's a it's a good movie and it's amazing his story and his wife's story yeah. two remarkable remarkable people and uh, but do you notice in there how hard how hard the managers and some of the players live yes The guy's drinking beer in the shower. Yeah. So funny. And and smoking cigarettes all the time. And cigars. Cigars
3: were the big... Like, all the managers smoked cigars. And they were crappy. They're not like...
1: Last night, I had a Rocky Patel Decade from Havana Smoke Shop. That's a good cigar. It was like
3: a black and mild.
1: You know, it was some (laughs) whatever garbage. It's like when I'm watching Winning Time, the Lakers uh, drama series on Jerry Buss and Magic Johnson and how they changed the NBA as we know it. Like, Jerry Buss couldn't put a cigarette down and pick one up and light it fast enough yeah he was the
3: guy who lit cigarette number two with cigarette number one yes that's i i had a friend like that in college (laughs) it's like if we hung out he was smoking the whole time oh man it just never stopped terrible it's like a chimney
1: see you don't remember this people used to smoke on planes
3: yeah i there's a twilight zone episode and they smoke on the plane and it's hilarious to me
1: I'm not sure what we were thinking. They smoked in hospitals. There's a bunch of carpet. You're in this round, kind of semi-round capsule flying around. It's pressurized, by the way. And, yeah. and people are smoking. Yeah. Yeah, people smoked in hospitals.
3: They smoked everywhere. In in Ireland, people still. everyone smokes. Every person in Europe smokes still. Do they, they really? They haven't had a 20-year campaign to stop smoking. Only America has had that campaign. So, Seriously, no, everyone in
1: Europe smokes. Everyone. They all wow. smoke. Wow.
3: And no one thinks anything of it. Wow. They're like we're adults. You know, that's we funny you say decisions. that
1: because just recently I've been to Orlando, Las Vegas, and New Orleans, which are two, you know, pretty and I don't I don't but recall seeing
3: people aren't much smoking of anybody anymore. smoking. Yeah. So growing up, everyone still smoked for me. Like I remember every people yeah, smoking yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Western Sizzling had a smoking section. Yes. Waffle House, all everyone smoked in, right? Like growing up. That was all the thing. Now, you don't see it anywhere. In Ireland, everybody was smoking. Every single person. Inside and out? Uh, no, people didn't smoke inside. Okay. But they all... But every person was smoking. That's the smoke best cigarette. thing that ever happened
1: to restaurants yeah. and bars. Yeah. To ban it. So, uh, but no, Don't get me wrong. Smokes. If you have a cigar shop, you should, you know, obviously be able to smoke cigars. Absolutely. absolutely. But it's a different deal.
3: But yeah, no, you're right. I just thought it was interesting because I thought about it and I was like, yeah, well, it makes sense in Europe. They don't have a non-smoking campaign, but we've had it in America for 20 years now. And it's actually noticeably different than it was when I was in high school. Like I can vividly tell you that less people smoke. Yeah. Anecdotally.
1: Yeah. I don't see. Oh, I can tell you because when I was bartending, people could smoke inside. Yeah. Well, you're old. Yes. They still that rode up. That was the 90s. They still rode up on I mean, horse and that, buggies. That's like being in the 60s. Yeah. Um, no, I was flying in the 90s. Yeah. Believe it or not, there were airplanes. <laughs> were there? Yeah. I mean, when I went Did to. Did you live in Black Laguna and White? Beach and, <laughs> uh, Scottsdale, I flew. <laughs> Out of Bounds, ESPN 1059, The Zone. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. want to say thank you for going to uh, both Apple Podcast and Spotify and listening to the show. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all the other platforms, too. And we want to thank you for going back and listening to a segment later in the day. Uh, you're coming back from work. You travel. Um, you're walking in the neighborhood. You're going to and Fitness to get in. Like like Blake. Blake's getting that beach body ready. <laughs> He's getting that beach body ready at Fondren Fitness. Beach ball body. Speaking of, you you drop. Pig and Pint and Barrel House. That's right in Fondren by Fondren Fitness. Get you some nachos and get, get a workout in. <laughs> Live in the Bank Plus studio. Bank Plus, it's more than a name, it's a promise. Good morning. Welcome in. Mike D'Atelier at 8 30 on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Mike D, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. He will stop by at 8 30 today on the corona Premier guest Song. we'll talk to sean watson coming up
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: Southern Miss and Ole Miss. Southern Miss is in postseason-wise, college baseball. Southern Miss to the top, they're in. They're not going to host, but they're in, Uh, which there's nothing wrong with. Blake, don't you think there's pretty firmly with the number 20 RPI as a number two seed somewhere? Southern? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. 100%. So Southern Miss is in. Ole Miss is not in right now, but they are trending the right way as long as they don't lose the series this weekend they should be fine I think they're fine yeah a yeah. ms good but they're not like really good and they're far from yeah Tennessee or some of the other teams that that we have um Oregon State that, that well even look what Auburn's doing Auburn's really uh Butch Thompson's trying to make a run at a national seed hello Uh, kudos to, to Butch Thompson and, um, you know, I always get freaked out when I say the name Butch on air. Mm, Yeah. Understandable. You know, uh, there's just some words that you just don't ever know. You don't mean to say something, but you may. Yeah. And so when I say Butch Thompson, then you'd be on a six week vacation. It was like bucked up energy. Yeah. That was a scary time. Right. Which is the best energy drink on the market. Bucked up energy drinks, but I told Brian and Derek, I said, y'all should be paying me more because I've had to sit, like randomly walk around my house practicing and say, bucked up energy, bucked up energy. And, uh, but I feel good about it anyway. Oh, Vanderbilt, Sutherland, Blake, that I wanted to talk about. Um, so bottom line is Southern Miss is in yes. old Miss is trending that way. Mississippi state is out <laughs> yeah. and we'll see what happens. Um, in the world of college baseball. This last weekend is still huge. I mean, people, there is a lot on the line, not just for Ole Miss, but for teams around the country. Every game matters, man. Every pitch, every inning, every at-bat, every double to the gap, every pitching change, whether or not that's the right one, or you're going to get shelled. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, Vanderbilt's
3: been, it's interesting you mentioned them. They Mississippi State and Vanderbilt were in this and Ole Miss were all kind of in a very similar position like three weeks ago. And Ole Miss and Vanderbilt took care of business. Vanderbilt, I think, is com- they're 14 and 13, 34 and 16. I think they're comfortably headed to the postseason. Because they had the number
1: three strength of schedule. And
3: Vanderbilt That's- uh <gasps> you know, gets it their fourteen and thirteen. Ole Miss is getting it done. They're they're one seven straight, six straight in conference play. They're they're headed in the right direction. Mississippi State, not so much. Yeah. They did not head in the right direction. So it just, uh, it's been an interesting season in college baseball, especially here in the state of Mississippi.
1: That's an understatement. Uh, tell me about what Deshaun Watson's doing with his uh, colleagues and offensive players with the Cleveland Browns. That's right.
3: Deshaun Watson, new Browns quarterback, is reportedly taking his offense to the Bahamas. That's pretty the whole, cool. The whole offense. That's It says cool. um, he chartered a private jet for the group, which grew to about 30 players, almost everyone on the offense. Um, and they will go to...
1: Private jet
3: to the Bahamas
1: with 30 people.
3: He booked a block of rooms at a luxury resort in Nassau. They'll do on-field workouts and some private dinners and things like that. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Uh he's taking the whole he's footing the bill to so charter the it, plane and do the whole What's that gonna cost him? Three hundred plus? Three hundred thousand plus? Yeah, well let's see uh So if you charter a plane that big with thirty people and you're going to the Bahamas and you're getting a block of rooms and let's say he's picking up the tab on most everything down there, am I going low on that? Is that a three hundred thousand dollar expense in after tax for Mister Deshaun Watson? Or is so
3: that...
1: I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's so he's going to need, I would think, a pretty large jet, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we flew down to one on the Gator Bowl that sat eighteen, and they were in like uh, recliner chairs. I, yeah, I thought so that was a big plane. It's, I don't. They're calling dude. it a
3: super mid size, I would think, and so that's. I'm looking right here, and it's looking like it's going to cost about twenty grand. No way! Oh wait, no, that's says up to that. ten. That's ten passengers. <laughs> so see, super midsize is only ten. I think so a you King gotta get Air would cost you more than that. You gotta get more than that. But hey, you can rent a jet of, for ten people with for gas a, prices. Twenty grand. I'm on a jet website. It's called Evo Jets. Okay. My, uh, you know what I need to do? I, I'll text my buddy. He actually, this is what he does for a living. He he runs he, guns and cocaine. He through charters jets charters, for people. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he doesn't make the fl- he just sets up the flights. Got it. For uh, yeah, he he's based out of uh,
1: Houston. How many charter jet companies are really doing something else in the world? Uh, I don't know. Okay, kind of like mattress companies that you see randomly in in you know that are that look terrible, out of bounds, ESPN one hundred and five. Yeah, I told you my son came up with that like ten years ago. Anyway. Live in the bank plus studio. You're way low on what it takes to get. 30 yeah, well, because that's to,
3: no. That's what it said for a ten seater was it. twenty grand. Yeah. So I've got to find out. I'm going to text my buddy Hattie. I'm thinking see, a Hyundai.
1: See, so I'm thinking a Hyundai to get there and back on a on thirty people. And you got to think if he's. You've got to have two pilots plus some kind of stewardess. Um, I always wonder Do you have to have three? But you definitely have to have two. And then fuel is outrageous right now. I'm thinking a Hyundai, at
3: least. What do we think so and then you have Plus. to get thirty does he get thirty rooms or are
1: people in like suites where you can take that's a great question. You know, I don't think anybody's bunking up. So no, it would have to yeah. be a suite. Yeah. Uh because these guys did he are are they taking their significant others? I
3: don't think this is like is that this type girlfriends and wives? I doubt not
1: it. Not mixed together. But. It just
3: says twenty-seven
1: players. So. Okay, so it's a guys' trip.
3: I, I mean, yeah, that
1: is not a bad business. trip. I think they trip. all are. Hey, I took you to Vegas. We weren't on a private jet, but I took you to Vegas. So you're you you you've been taken care of. Maybe I mean, not but at the you didn't level take me to the Bahamas. of Deshaun's wide receivers. Who is his best wide receiver now that Jarvis Landry's gone?
3: Who, where, where did Jarvis Landry go? By the way, the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints. That's
1: right. Um, that's a great question. No OBJ and no Jarvis Landry. Didn't they land somebody big though? That I'm missing. I'm a big sure. Name? Yeah. Out of bounds. ESPN one hundred down The Zone. Brought to you by Superior Foundation for all your foundation oh, yeah. repairs. Amari Cooper. Yeah, I'm Amari. dumb. He's not a. He's their number but one. But he's a. Let me finish this live endorsement. Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs. Superior.ms. Would you give Amari an A- or a B- plus wide receiver, Blake? I think it's an A- minus. Okay. And what would you say the gap is between the number one, two, and three, four wide receiver in the league? I guess you would give them an A- plus and an A- minus. I think uh,
3: Amari Cooper is in the... Probably like 16 to 30 range, okay. 16 to 25 Fair range. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, he's an incredible route runner. He's He usually gets open, so he's... he's. But he he's not a... Dynamic playmaker. He's not a dynamic playmaker, explosive play guy. Correct. Okay. But not everyone has to be that. No, 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 no. I mean... But you
3: need one on your team. You would like one, yes, correct. Yeah. But Larry Fitzgerald made a living getting open and catching the football, so... Yeah, he was dynamic. In a a different age, but you're
1: exactly right. He was dynamic in some points of his career, but not for all. Had he played for a good franchise? Yeah, he still almost won a Super Bowl. He within seconds of beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. What might have been. And he's a great dude, amazing player. He's one of those. He's he's a get it guy. Phenomenal off the field. Kept his money. He'll do. You know, that's another guy, Blake. He has played and played and played. I wonder, because he's so charismatic. little TV? Yeah. 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 Larry Fitzgerald's a dude. Yeah, I agree. He's got big-time dude qualities. I like it. All right. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone it is brought to you by Sal and Mookie's Pizza and Wings. New York-style pizza, amazing wings. Try the calamari, too. Salad Mookie's in Madison right here in Colony Crossing. Mookie's in the eastover district in jackson mississippi back with mike detillier mike d straight out of new orleans coming up next
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details. Yeah. The Outbound Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi.
1: Good morning. Welcome in. Out of bounds, ESPN 1059, the zone. Uh, driven by the Ram Trucks, Jeep Wranglers, Jeep Grand Cherokees, Mac Hike and Flowwood. MacHikeflowwood.com. That is MacHikeFlowwood.com. for your next pre owned or new truck or SUV. Mack Hike and Flowood. They're right by Rick's Pro Truck. Also, the show is brought to you by Sound and Communications. They provide leading-edge audio-visual for churches, businesses, and sports facilities, soundcomav.com. We welcome in Mike D'Atelier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. Mike D joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Uh, Mike, coming out of the spring, uh, I know we'll still have a month of practice in August. Uh, Who's the guy for LSU at the quarterback position right now?
2: I think if if you had to take the snaps today, it's Miles Brennan. Uh, I think he's he was the more consistent of all the quarterbacks uh, in the spring. Uh, the surprise I think to everyone was how well Garrett Nussm- uh, I did. Uh, Garrett really really did a great job uh, this spring. Um, he was uh, quick with the delivery. He was not so much the gunslinger like we had saw a year ago and he was much more careful with the football and so he was a surprise uh, to be honest with you and then you certainly have another style quarterback in Jalen Daniels who um, you know LSU's never had a quarterback that could run the ball with that type of athletic ability like Daniels has he was a little inconsistent throwing the football and just what I noticed is that on every pass that he missed, he seemed to be somewhat falling back. Um, he wasn't planting his feet and going through the basically the progression of the throw. He was just sort of arm throwing it, and that's had him sailed some. But I think if you took the snap to March, Brennan,
1: Mike Dettillier on the Out of Bounds Show. What do you think is uh, – I mean, you pull eh, Tennessee and you always play Florida. Uh, Florida State is okay. But what do you think is realistic for Brian Kelly's first year in Baton Rouge, Mike?
2: Fellowshoe fans, they want double digits. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think realistically – if he could get to nine wins, I, I think that would be something I think they could they could live with. Now you've had basically five hundred seasons back to back years, um, you know. So I think that eight to nine wins would be sort of what you're looking at. And also, two bowl is how you would lose those games because I think that was the frustration here was uh, and. and Everybody's distracted about something, but good gracious, uh, the way you played against UCLA, uh, you didn't play well at all. you didn't look like you were prepared for the Bruins. you got you know you got beat soundly uh, in that opening game. And then you know middle of the season, Kentucky, where you got overwhelmed uh, by the, the, the Wildcats, just overwhelmed by them, it was the way they lost. I think that really sort of sat bad uh, with LSU fans and people who cut those checks to LSU, and that's why Ed was gone. Uh, I thought they played pretty well down the stretch. They had a chance to win against uh, Alabama and and didn't put it away. And um, overtime against Arkansas, you know. And but you know they beat a And M late, you know. So I mean, it was a crazy ride. Uh, last year, it really was, uh, because I think really Ed thought that they could get off to a fast start out on the West Coast against UCLA. It didn't happen. Now, his team was flatter than a pancake. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> the one thing you can see, they got a new sheriff in town, Hoss, and he means business. <laughs> yeah, he-, he has laid it on the line to him. Real quickly,
1: Brian Kelly is no nonsense. He can be abrasive. He's going to get straight to the point. He's had a lot of success. He's going to have much better players at LSU. I mean, the bottom, when you and I were growing up, Notre Dame was still considered a, a power, but haven't won at all since 1988 with Lou Holtz, paradigm shift in the world, Sunbelt, in the world of college football, Sunbelt, all that. You know, it will be. It, 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 I think it'll be fun to see what he can do. Not this year, like you're talking about, but in the next couple of years with much better athletes at LSU, Mike.
2: Yeah, and um, I do think he un- he understands pressure uh, better than any other coach that could have walked in here. You coach at Notre Dame, you don't think you got pressure on you? And I mean immense uh, because alumni, uh, fan base, it's just not to win nine games. They want a national championship. hes He comes in here understanding the pressures of the SEC as well as anybody could because there is no other job in college football like Notre Dame. None. None like it. Uh, I, I guess maybe fans expecting a little bit more than maybe what you've got. Yeah, and uh, you know, hey, listen again. Okay, ten wins, ten wins. I mean, for us, that's nothing, so to speak. You look at that history of Notre Dame. You know, they all they want to talk about is winning a national championship. They're not worried about anything else. he's twice been to the Final Four. You know, so. Again, he gets it. He he understands it. Now, personality-wise, and we had him on last Tuesday, I thought he was very good with uh Bobby and I and um uh, he was direct in answering the questions. Uh he really seemed excited about the fact that he's going to most likely start a freshman left tackle. Oof. And he, and he said that, Will Campbell, I have to give the okay for that to happen. I'm the head coach. And he said I, I, he was terrific in the spring. Man, it's been a long time uh, since uh, a freshman. Now, Sadiq Charles started, but he played some tackle and guard at LSU as a freshman. But, man, uh, that's a rarity uh, when you're talking about starting a left tackle. As a true freshman, and I thought I thought in the spring that well, what I watched practice-wise, I thought he was impressive. And so he talked about the kicking game that he felt as though the young kicker, the freshman kicker, Nathan Dilbert, who he's bringing in from Michigan, and that was a guy Greg McMahon, uh, highly highly recommended to Ed Ogeron, that we got to get him. And uh, man, uh, Coach Kelly raved about him. And he talked about that he felt his offensive line would be better than most people who are writing and talking about it would be. He he got to the point real quick about it. And so that's been his wheelhouse spot. I think that and tight end, which I think he has some concerns about. They don't have your, a regular tight end like he's had at Notre Dame. In the last eight years, he has had – four tight ends drafted and two go into the NFL as undrafted free agents. So he's had six in eight years. Offensive line-wise, he's had seven draft choices and four first-round picks at Notre Dame. That's strong. That So that's his wheelhouse and you could tell just by his conversations that he felt that that unit offensive line which has really not been a good unit the last two years would look a lot different in in 2022 and he was confident about it because you know you get some coaches you know it, it's a little shaky about how they put it out there he was very confident that his offensive line would be much better and uh, the the one guy he raved about was Mason Smith and he knew that Mason basically lives about 15 minutes from my home here on the Bayou. Uh, he's the best big man athlete I've ever seen on the Bayou. Not the best big man football player, but the best big man athlete I've ever seen on the Bayou. He was a freshman All-American last year a defensive. He played at end and tackle, but I think he's much better off as a defensive tackle. And he raved about Mason. Uh, he was the one guy he really sort of touched upon other than Will Campbell as really sticking out in the spring.
1: Okay. Nine and three. Um, For our listeners, LSU, you want to get LSU early. Um, I think Mike would agree with that. Mississippi State plays LSU third week of the season. If you're going to have any shot down in Baton Rouge, it's better to get them early because I just think Brian Kelly, they'll get better over later in September, but definitely into October and November, you would think. So Mississippi State plays LSU in the third week of September, and Ole Miss pulls them in late October. Both games are in Baton Rouge. Um,
2: you know. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, is the uncertainty at corner uh, because um, they brought in some veteran corners. A uh, young man from Ohio State who actually started 13 games at Ohio State but he's he's battled a knee injury the last year and a half. Um, Oklahoma State corner, who's got Louisiana ties, uh, he was, he's coming off of a uh, broken foot. And so they've got some talent because basically LSU's cornerback group was wiped out. Uh, you look at Elias Ricks goes to Alabama. McLaughlin goes to Arkansas. Um, Stingley and Flott go to the NFL. They lost four, uh, like poof. And so that's going to be a spot to watch because it has been really a strength throughout the years for LSU at that corner position. And they've played people early um, because they're so talented. This year is a little bit different because there is some injuries involved and a lot of grad transfers. So there, he seemed to say, you know, hey, we'll we'll see how that's out. We've got some guys with experience, and we're hoping they can come in here if they're healthy. And that he he was not as committed on that as he was say offensive defensive line there. He sort of went to the hilt about that he thinks that they'll be real strong there. And and listen, I really believe this. When you look at other than the quarterback position, the pieces you have to have in place to have a really good football team is up front, offensive, defensive line. It's old school, but it does work. And when you look back, what has been the undoing at Miami or Florida, Florida State, Southern Cal, Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they haven't maybe had that great quarterback, but they're not as good up front, offensive, defensive line, lines, I should say, as when they were in their heyday. That's where it was maybe underrated, but, man, they they had some talent, big-time talent. Offensive defensive line wise and Kelly is sort of telling you I've got bits and pieces of a good beat bits and pieces of that here today. And that's what stuck out to me more than anything that he he's non-committal on the quarterback situation, which tells me I think he won. He doesn't want to lose anyone, um, sort of speak transfer wise. Right. But secondly, um, is that they're going to have maybe some packages built in. If if it's Miles, some packages built in for Jaden Daniels to almost have a Taysom Hill-type role on that team.
1: Okay. So basically, Brian, I want our listeners to think about what Mike's telling us. They're still in somewhat of a reload mode, and yet Brian Kelly's talking about how he feels like he's got some really good players. In other words... That's how talented LSU is, even with some attrition and, you know, transition compared to Notre Dame. I just want you all to stack Mo, that up.
2: Well, just think of this. They had 10 players drafted into the NFL off of that team a year ago. Ten. <laughs> think of that. Uh, you know, So, it, so the question mark for me always was not, do they have the talent, it was one, I think you were still having some overhang from the 2019 season. I think you were still sort of living in that world. You never got out of it. And you lost that eye of the tiger. You weren't the the hunting team anymore. You were getting hunted down and you lost a bit of that, that desire. Because you thought it was going to be easy. Man, listen, we did it in 2019, we'll do it again. <clears throat> he found out the hard way that wasn't the case. It was never a matter of, of talent. Not when you got 10 players picked off of a team that had a losing record a year ago. Mm. Come on, you know, that <clears throat> that's unusual to have that much talent get picked off of a team that uh, basically, you could say less than a 500, but basically it was a 500 football team in that spot. It just, you know, it, you could see that everything wasn't connected from coaching to players to motivation to understanding what it took. And that 2019 team had been through a lot of adversity because they had went through, you know, that kind of switching in coaches from Miles to Cocho, uh, they had had some disappointing losses. But, man, you know, Joe Burrow solved a lot of problems for them. He really did. He solved a lot of them. And he refused uh, to let any of them sit on their laurels. And they, I, I thought they didn't have that type of guy or didn't have those type of guys on that team that could basically sort of take over. That's the thing I think Kelly is looking for, uh, to find those leaders, those guys that, come on, when you're down, you know, you're not letting this team lose. I think that's the type of people he's looking around for. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, leaders are born, sometimes leaders are made because of adversity. True. And I think he's looking for that those people that had been through that adversity the last couple of years that can be the leader here at LSU or leaders here at LSU. And it may be the young kids. It may be the younger ones. What
1: let's switch gears. Uh, Mike Natilier, WWL radio TV, New Orleans, uh, brought to you by the charbroiled oysters at Drago's here in Jackson. Um, Drew Brees floating, you know, <laughs> Hey, I don't know what I, do you think he, he, he did the broadcasting thing. And, look, Romo was so good, and then there's some other things happening. Uh, It sounds like he doesn't really like the studio work. He likes to do the color analyst piece. He got fair or unfair. He got, you know, smashed or smoked on social media for the one NFL playoff game. Uh, Do you think he still wants to do it, or do you think he considers coaching? Where do you think Drew goes from here, Mike?
2: No, I think he he stays on television. Okay. Um we had him on about a month ago and and he he talked about going through the learning process of understanding it. And listen, it's not, it, it's difficult. You know, uh, you know, I've heard people, "Oh man, I could do that." "Oh really?" "Oh really?" Uh you could do it, but could you do it good? <laughs> okay? And it doesn't matter how much they pay in you. It's a matter of being able to translate what you see to the viewer. And it's somewhat similar to doing radio full time. You might be able to do it one day or two days, do it the marathon and make it entertaining and make it sort of educational. And so for Drew, I thought he had difficulties in translating what he was seeing to the average viewer, and he was he wasn't going to be critical of any player or coach, and that's the hardest thing. Yeah, uh, you you can talk to any former player. No, not the dude that I work with, but he don't do much TV. Uh, but uh, he, he he don't bite his tongue about being critical about players and coaches. But um, you know, if you would talk to dudes. Uh, McAllister, who's now doing it for the SEC Network, has done it with the Saints. Uh, when Hokie was doing it for the Saints, he said, "Mike, it was it's the most the hardest thing for me. I, I'm not I don't want to be critical of that guy, but I know I, I've got to at times. Drew wasn't, and I think to the translation of the game was more difficult than he probably thought it would be." For Romo, I was shocked just how good he was at being able to do that. He could translate the game very, very quickly. Yes. And he didn't bite his tongue to be critical. You know, he he said it. If a coach made a mistake or a player made a mistake, he was going to say it. That's unusual for a former coach or player to do. That's what made Madden who he was, too. John could do it. You know, and it was just something that John had it instinctively. He could see the game, translate it, but also if something went wrong, he could be critical.
1: Aitman does the same thing. Aitman's Aitman's
2: not scared to be critical. He's really good. I I thought watching Bruce Arians the couple years he was out, it was like watching uh, somebody have their teeth removed. Bruce, because I know Bruce really well. Bruce got a salty tongue about everything. And and it was almost like he was biting his tongue not to say something critical. But they wanted him to do that. But he had difficulties. Uh, He had some real difficulties in being critical at times. And two, I think what NBC has done for that studio job, they've way too many people talking. No doubt. No doubt. All of them well, do. I think they Good overloaded hell. it, and it doesn't bring out the best in a Tony Dungy and in Drew in studio because there are way too many voices Agree. being heard. I don't know who came up with this idea of all these voices. Well, in my, I, it worked with
1: Tony Dungy doesn't like to be critical. He's really not that good. Rodney, it worked with Rodney Harrison because Rodney Harrison didn't give a damn. He was, and that's why I loved him. He was going to say, you know, this player's not playing well. He was in the wrong position. This unit's not well coached. And I just think when you put Dungy and Drew in there who are kind of passive in that space, it's a recipe for disaster, Mike D.
2: Yeah, and I think also, too, uh, it doesn't give you the time to give a really good explanation True. on something. True, they cut you. Bang! You, you got. You got to go with it, and it's short and it's sweet. That's why I think Brady will be very good at it. He's the best pre-snap quarterback read guy that this game has ever seen. He'll call the play before the play happens, and I think he won't be. I think he won't have an issue being critical. Good. Because he don't care either.
1: Good. Mike D is always the best. Mike Dettelier, at Mike Dettelier on Twitter. Thanks, Mike D. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you both.
1: WWL Radio TV New Orleans. He joined us on the Corona Premier guest line. The show is brought to you by Sound and dot soundcomav.com They are, without a doubt, providing the leading-edge audio and visual for businesses, churches, and sports facilities throughout the southeast. Soundcomab.com.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. Full limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.